0: Before I could begin my chemo treatments, I needed to meet with my oncologist, and then he referred me to the surgeon that would be preparing me for the surgery that would be needed to remove the tumor that was thriving inside my lower colon, the rectum. Sounds a little gross. Truth is, it was gross. I was told that the tumor they had found was four inches long and needed to be shrunk down so that it could be removed safely. It would be shrunk by chemo and radiation treatments. This tumor would end up giving me more trouble than I could ever imagine. My surgeon had me come in to do some pre-exams to measure and make a plan of attack. It really was like getting ready for war, a war against an invader, an invader of my body. The tumor was not welcome. It was trying to take away my freedom of life. It was destroying my health causing pain and discomfort, and threatening to move to other parts of my body through my bloodstream. My liver, lungs, brain, and pancreas were in danger. My cancer stage showed a 3.5, kind of a borderline in having a fighting chance to defeat this frightful enemy. So we met with the oncologist and He told us what needed to be done and that we needed to begin by meeting with a surgeon at LDS Hospital in Salt Lake City. We talked to the staff there and were told when we needed to be there and what to expect. The doctor needed to examine the area where the tumor was. That wasn't going to be very fun, especially when I found out I would not be put out to do it. I was not too excited about what I was in store for. After Dr. Kim finished the exam and I was sufficiently embarrassed, a plan was made. I was to have 12 sessions of chemotherapy. I would be able to have these treatments in Richfield, which is 30 miles from our home, compared to Provo or Salt Lake City, which are two and a half to three and a half hours away. That was the good thing. The treatments would be every other week, which meant about six months if all went well. I would then have about a month to rest before beginning the radiation therapy. Radiation would be combined with oral chemo for the next two or so months. I would go into the Utah Valley Hospital in Provo five days a week to have ten minutes of radiation. Two chemo pills would be taken every day, seven days a week during the radiation. We did not feel like we could drive to Provo every weekday for two months, so our son Eric and his family said that we could stay with them. At first, we planned on staying with them during the week and going home on weekends. We soon found out that that was not a good plan and stayed with Eric's family full-time during those months. After the radiation-slash-oral chemo was finished, we could rest up for about four or so weeks and then surgery to finish up the plan. We were told that it should take only about four to six weeks to recover from the surgery. That's a total of about a year and a half, give or take. It was a little overwhelming when we were told this. How could we get through all those months of procedures and not even be sure if we could win this battle? One thing was certain. We couldn't win if we didn't do what the doctors said. We were told that I had a good chance of beating this thing because we caught it before it got to stage four, but we also knew that we had to dig in and stick to the plan or i could not succeed on our way home from that first exam we felt a little down we knew that we had a lot of support from our children and that they would help us all that they could we would have someone to take us where we needed to be and uh, when we needed to be there we just uh, have a we would have a place to stay and when we needed one but we were still so discouraged just from the immensity of the task that lay ahead of us my first chemo treatment would be right after the 1st of November, but about a month after my colonoscopy. I would need to have a portacath or port for short in me before this procedure began. According to the National Cancer Institute, a portacath is a device that is usually placed under the skin on the right side of the chest. It is attached to a catheter, which is a thin flexible tube that is threaded into a large vein above the right side of the heart called the superior vena cava. A portacath is used to give intravenous fluids, blood transfusions, chemotherapy, and other drugs. It is also used for taking blood samples. A portacath may stay in place for a long time and helps reduce the need for repeated needle sticks. In fact, I still have that port in me. I haven't taken it out yet. But anyway, that gave us something to do while we were waiting for the chemo treatment. It was not a bad procedure. They took me into OR, and the next thing I knew, I had a new member of my body. It raised a circle about a, an inch in diameter with three small bumps forming a triangle within the larger circle. You could feel the catheter under the skin heading up toward the collarbone. No pain to speak of, but that little apparatus would save me a lot of unnecessary grief and discomfort during the months and years ahead. And it still does, by the way. Anyway, and now the time for the infamous chemotherapy had arrived. (laughs) I would be having the full Fox regimen of chemo. The first treatment was scheduled. Each session would last about two hours, and I would go in every other week At the end of each treatment, I would be hooked up to the pump that would continue pumping the medication into my bloodstream for the next two days. My treatment would be on Wednesday, and then I would carry the pump with me 24-7 until Friday, when I would go back to Richfield and have it removed. Those two or three days were the worst as far as not feeling well was concerned. Then for the next week or so, I would not uh, feel the best either. I would be tired all the time and ache and just be sick. My stomach was always in pain, and I made uh, multiple trips to the bathroom every hour. Then, with about three days left before my next dose of Fulfox, I would feel a bit better. And that's how it was for most of the six months. Many times during these days, I, I got down. And I wondered why...
1: I can't believe I'm sitting here in this space Yet here I am, my name's on their database They don't use ivy's here, the poison goes through this port It goes from there to all parts of my body to start Start helping me win this crazy battle I'm in But I wonder, what am I doing here? I look for The day I'm out of here But will it come? I don't know I can't succumb I won't let go As I sit here I'm getting tired of this place Week after week it's a futurity race And it's not over when I return to my home I take this pump along, it's something I can't postpone Postponing only makes my future unknown But I wonder, what will my future hold? I look for the day when I'm not cold But will it come? I don't know I can't succumb I won't let go Day after day pass by I'm scared half to death My heart is pounding And I'm feeling the stress My hands are shaking And my palms are moist I've found that chemo's tough But I do not have a choice My choice is life or death, I'm so paranoid, but I wonder, will I be healed while here, or will I be dead and disappear? I can't have doubts, I'll stay strong, I won't walk out, just bring it on. For the time being, my chemo is done. I'll have to tell you now, it hasn't been fun. Regurgitation, cold sensitivity, and I'm sweating bullets, radiations at hand. The tumor's shrinking, but still I don't understand. And I ponder what will be coming next. I'm feeling... So very overstressed. When will it stop? I don't know. I'm so distraught. I'm on death row.
0: At this point, I'd like to pay tribute to all of those who went through the same thing that I went through and didn't make it. They are my heroes. They are the ones that have paved the way for the rest of us. I don't have the answers as to why they had to fight so hard and still did not make it through their fight without paying the ultimate price. They are over their trials now and are helping the rest of us fight the war. I'm grateful for their example to me and all the rest who have and will continue to fight the demon which is cancer. A few days after my second treatment, I got very sick. I could not stay out of the bathroom, and I had double the pain in my stomach that I had had in the past. Brenda decided I needed to take a trip to the ER. She didn't feel like she could get me there by herself and called our son Kendall, He lives in Circleville, which is about 25 miles from our house. He told his mom to hang on, and he would be there in a few minutes. And he was. took him about 15 minutes to travel that 25 miles. By the time he got to our house, Brenda's sister, Shauna, was there to help get me into the car. I was loaded in, and in about 20 minutes, we were in the ER in Richfield. Upon arrival, blood tests were given, and they found that my white blood count was down to 002 I had no way to fight off any infection. My tests were showing that I had E. coli. Uh, That's a frightening infection in the intestines and potentially deadly. With no way to fight it and getting worse, I was admitted to the hospital. I have very little memory of anything at all in the next eight days. I do remember two or three things that happened to me at that period of time. The first thing is when they pumped my stomach. Uh, That was horrible. I remember them trying to stick a tube down my throat. It wouldn't go, and I was told to swallow the water that they were giving me. I couldn't swallow it. It kept coming back out. I remember Brenda telling me I had to swallow as much as I could, but I would keep fighting it. The next thing I remember is that something happened. I i don't know exactly what it was, but Brenda's reaction was, Ew, gross. And the nurse said, Yeah, I know. And after that, I went blank. Sometime during that week, I remember a couple of other things things that really make me think about the eternal nature of things i said that i was in the hospital for 8 days during that time i came very close to dying there were two things i remember about the besides the stomach episode the stomach pump episode the first was a little boy that kept showing up in the hall outside my room i remember him just as plain as i remember seeing my grandkids when we visit or they come to visit us he was standing down the hall with his arms at his side. His trousers were dress pants, and he wore a collared shirt, a blue tint to his clothing. He didn't speak. He didn't have any expression of any kind on his face, but he looked so familiar. He just stood in the middle of the hallway, looking straight ahead into my room. I i couldn't speak to him. My voice would not make any sound. Our eyes met, and we looked at each other until I drifted off to sleep. This happened several times during the course of my stay in the hospital. Sometime towards the end of my stay, I remember asking the nurse if there had been any young child visiting someone in one of the rooms close by, and she said no. I told her what I had seen, and my wife was there, and I asked about the little boy, and she said, you could have seen him, you couldn't have seen him down the hall. Look out your door. You can't see any part of the hallway. There's no view of the hallway." I told her that I couldn't explain that, and I said, I only know that I saw him through the door and there was a hallway behind him. I really believe he was a visitor from the other side of the veil, sent to keep me from going down the path to the other side. I don't know why he didn't want me to go down that hallway, but I think it led to a, the place we call life after death. It was not my time to go there yet and he was sent to block the way and keep me from that journey. After I returned to my home in Marysville, I thought a lot about that experience. Brenda told her sister about it, and she asked if I didn't have a nephew that had been hit by a car and passed away years before, when he was just seven. Brenda told me that she had said that, and I said, "'That's where I know him from. He's my brother's oldest son, Ricky.'" I found a picture of him, and sure enough, it was the boy in the hall. After telling my youngest daughter this story, she thought for just a second and said, I don't know what you're doing that the angels don't like, but keep doing it. (laughs) I guess there must be something else I need to do before the angels can take me to my home in heaven. I just have to find out what it is and then do it. Thank you for joining me for Episode 5, Chemo the Demon. Next week we'll continue uh, with Episode 6 and talk a little bit more about chemo and then move into the radiation part in uh, Episode 7. Have a good week. Thanks for joining me.